0: Hi, welcome back to our series called Pursuit, where we've been looking at the subject of what we're in pursuit of. We looked at week one of the pursuit of happiness, then last week at the pursuit of liberty. Today, I want to look at the pursuit of life. Now, we're basing these thoughts on something that was written in the Declaration of Independence that was given from America to England in 1776 on the 4th of July, where they wanted freedom from the rule and reign of Great Britain to be their own autonomous nation. And in this letter of declaration, they made some interesting points and we're highlighting and basing this series on those points. They said that we hold to these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. But among these rights, that every person has a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So we've been looking at this thought of pursuit. What is it to pursue? To seek after. We've looked at the verses where it says, seek first the kingdom, then all other things that you need or were formerly in pursuit of, God will add to your life. So we did this in reverse order. We spent the first week looking at happiness and last week looking at liberty. And we came up with a common denominator. And that was simply this, that there's nothing wrong with pursuing happiness. There's nothing wrong with pursuing liberty. There's nothing wrong with pursuing life. It's where you pursue these things that things can go wrong. Because true happiness is found in God alone. True liberty is found in God. Liberty from your past, but also liberty for your future. As you realize, like the Bible teaches, that the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, which is now within our lives, there is liberty and freedom. So today I want to pick up on the third one, which is life. Now, when we consider life, just like happiness and liberty, true life is found in one place, And that's in Jesus Christ. Let me read to you from the book of John, chapter 14 and verse 6, where it says so simply, yet so profoundly, Jesus spoke, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These are very well-known verses in the gospel, aren't they? That speak of true life, being in Christ and how the father's life can be the experience of every person that comes through Jesus. What do we mean by the father's life? That life that he made Adam to enjoy is available today and it's better than any other life that this world can offer you. Just like God's happiness is better than any other happiness. God's liberty is better than any other liberty the life that we're invited to know that comes through knowing Christ is superior and greater than any other life that could be offered us. Now, we know that this word life is the word zoe. That's the word that's used. And when you study the word zoe, it means a couple of things. It means true life. It means the God kind of life. It means eternal life. And I've added to that the manner or type of life that God enjoys himself. Imagine that. They use this word zoe in this scripture in John. So what Jesus is saying is I am the way, I am the truth, and I am life. Not the life of this world, but the God life, eternal life. All who come through me find the same quality of life that God enjoys himself. We also know that it's abundant life. Another well-known verse is John 10, verse 10, where Jesus speaks of what the devil offers, but then speaks of what he offers. Firstly, he speaks about the devil as the thief, and he says the thief, Satan, comes only ever with one agenda, kill, steal, destroy. You always know the fingerprints of Satan or the handiwork of the devil, because there's destruction, there's theft, there's death. Those are characteristics or hallmarks of what the devil's busy doing. He said the thief, he comes to kill, steal, destroy. But then he brings the great news and he says, but me, I have come that you would have life and life in full abundance. Again, the word that he uses there for life is zoe. Jesus is saying the devil comes to kill you, destroy from you, rip you off, ruin you, break you. But I've come that you would experience not just life as this world produces or offers, but the God kind of life, life that is in full abundance. Now, when you look at that word abundance, a bit of a word study again on that word abundance. It's the word perisos, and it means Super abundant in quantity, superior in quality and beyond all measurement. So when Jesus speaks about life for those who are in the pursuit of life, he says, find true life in me and the life that you find in me will be super abundant in quantity. It will be superior in quality to any other life that you can experience and beyond all measurement. Now, for us to understand the life that Jesus offers us, we've got to understand the life that we all inherited or were born into through the first man, Adam. Again, this is that conversation about two Adams, that all of us who are alive today on the planet, all of us were born into a natural life, which is actually when you discover the life that God offers, nothing more than mere existence. Through your first birth that involved your mum and your dad, you were given life, natural life. Even though the Bible says, though you were naturally alive, you were actually born spiritually dead. Why? Because Adam's disobedience, treason in the garden, separated him from God's true life, God's Zoe life. And of course, every one of us were in Adam and Eve when they were separated from God's true Zoe life. So we were born physically alive, we experienced natural life, yet all of us remain spiritually dead to the life of God, true life, until the moment we come to Christ. So the first Adam gives us natural life, but the second, or more uh, correctly termed, the last Adam, Jesus, introduces us to true life, which isn't just life that lasts a lifetime, but is also eternal. So we were born naturally through Adam, We're born again spiritually, reconnected to true life through Christ. So what I'm saying is very simple. True life, life beyond anything you experience before knowing Christ, is found in Christ alone. Let me read you another verse from 1 John. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11 puts it this way. And the testimony is this. But God has given us eternal life. And this life, this eternal life, is in his Son. He who has the Son, Jesus, has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. It's interesting that it speaks of the life, not a life. Because anyone alive today has a life, But the life that God intended for you to know, for you and me to know, is found only in Jesus. Those who have Jesus have the life. Those who don't have Jesus don't have the life, even though they have a life. Hope that hasn't confused you. Makes a lot of sense when you think about it. What we're speaking of here is how all were dead in Adam, though alive naturally, but all come to life or true life through Christ. It says this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. Again, that introduces us to the thought of disconnected and rejoined. But in the Garden of Eden, Adam and humanity in Adam was made alive in the body, alive in the soul, and alive in the spirit to God. Yet through the disobedience of Adam, humanity in Adam was disconnected from the true life or the life of God. Yet when a person places faith in Jesus, they're rejoined to that life that God intended for them to know. We're speaking of eternal life. The life that we know in the here and now lasts only for the here and now. But like we read in 1 John 5, the life that we find in Jesus, that's not just natural life that lasts a lifetime, but it's life that lasts all eternity. You see, when you're born again, it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, that God puts eternity in your heart. Another way of looking at that is Eden is reversed. That what went wrong in Eden is made right by Jesus. The umbilical cord that was once between Adam and God that was torn is rejoined. So each of us that are in Christ who have believed in Jesus can experience today the life that comes from God alone. It's like when a baby's born a baby is connected to its parent, its mother, by an umbilical cord. Now think about that umbilical cord for a moment in the scenario of natural birth, that the child is 100% relying on the parent for everything it needs, and this life comes through the umbilical cord. Yet when a child's naturally born, the nurse or the doctor cut the cord and the baby... (gasps) breathes for himself and is no longer attached to the life of the parent. Now that's how it works naturally. The child then begins to breathe for itself and lives for itself separate from its parent. Let's look at that spiritually. All of us were made to have a connection to God where his life was our life. We were never meant to be separated from that true life. Yet in Adam, the umbilical cord was cut and we moved from being spiritually alive and experiencing God's life to breathing the breath of mere existence, the life that this life offered us alone. Yet in Christ, we're rejoined. It's like that umbilical cord between us and God is renewed, replaced, put back in, to correct order, so that though we are alive, born through Adam, breathing the breath of natural life or mere existence, at the same time, from deep within us, we can know the rivers of living water, the life of God that comes from our union with him through Christ. So we speak about spiritual life, but I also want to speak a little bit about the mode or the style of life that Christianity offers us. You know, when we look at Jesus in that Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, he speaks about what the God life looks like. Now, he's not referencing the life that we now experience through new birth, but rather now the way that a Christian should live. Before we're born again, we're taught by this world, we're taught by the spirit of this world and the influence of this world what a correct way to live is. But often that correct way is fractured, it's warped, it's self-preserving. It's in love with our own comfort. We look after ourselves. But suddenly when we're born again and we receive the spiritual life of God back into our lives, we begin to read the word of God. The Holy Spirit begins to lead us to a new way of living a way of living that's true to the life that represents God's kingdom. And I want to put to you today that the way that God has us to live and teaches us to live in this world is superior to the way that this world tells us to live. I've made a couple of notes here. The way it teaches us to love our wives and raise our children the way it teaches us to love others, the way it teaches us how to handle situations and situations, the way it teaches us to treat others. When you look at the way that Jesus says we should live, the model of Christian living is a far superior, more abundant, more delicious way of living than the ways of living that we knew before when we were living non-kingdom lives. So often when I speak to people about the Christian life, number one, I speak to them about how they can discover true life or real life by placing faith in Jesus Christ, having that umbilical cord with God restored. But then I just speak about how the Christian life is a better life for you a better life for your family, the morals within it, the values within it, the ways that Jesus teaches us to live, to treat others, cause a better way or a better environment of living, not just for ourselves, but also for other people who are a part of our daily life. Being a Christian, it is a sacrificial life. It is a life of constantly giving yourself away for others. It is a life of preferring others. But I want to tell you, it's a life that's better than any other model that's offered. So what is God offering us today in our pursuit for life? He's offering us a pursuit where we can find life beyond what we imagined, because it's not just the life he gives us in the first breath that we breathe as a baby, even though all life comes from God. Everyone that's breathing today is breathing the gift of life that God gave them. He gives us the natural breath that causes us to enjoy life on this planet. But He also welcomes us to find the end of our pursuit a life that's superabundant, more superior a spiritual life that doesn't last a moment or a lifetime, but for eternity. But also he offers us to unplug from the matrix of life as we're taught it in this broken place called the world, to choose a new way of living where we seek first the kingdom, but also we live true to the ways that God would have us to live. And actually what that does is it causes us to live an abundance of life in this temporal realm, but also gives us the assurance that one day when we close our eyes to this natural realm, we will be alive and living on with God in the life to come. How blessed are we as Christians to have this perfect assurance that for each of us, our true life, our eternal life doesn't end at the grave. We just simply shed our earthly tent and we keep on living. Why? Because when we chose Christ, we received not just life, but eternal life that took care of what happens beyond the grave, not just in the life that we currently know. Maybe you're watching today and you're saying, I've never received this eternal life. Well, the good news is, it's just one prayer away. You see, Jesus said so clearly in John 10, verse 10, the thief, he's only got one agenda for your life. His agenda is to kill, steal and destroy. Most of us experience some form of theft or destruction or death in our life. But then Jesus says, my office still stands. Why not turn from him and turn to me? And if you turn to me, I will give you life, but life more abundantly. Notice how he doesn't force it upon us. The truth is that Jesus Christ today is still the truth in a world of confused lies. He's still the way for those who feel confused and don't know where they're going. And he's still the life, not a life, but the life that everything inside of you craves to know. I heard it put once that in every person that's fallen, every son and daughter of Adam, there's a God-shaped piece of jigsaw that leaves them in pursuit of things to try and fill this inner longing that can only be filled with God. The good news is when you invite God into your life, you place in your life that piece of you that was missing. And that piece of you that was missing makes the rest of you make sense. Have you ever been given a jigsaw that a grandparent bought from a jumble sale or bought from a second-hand shop, and you get all the pieces and you spend hours trying to put them together only to discover the key piece that makes the picture make sense? is missing. That's why it was at the jumble sale or the charity shop. That's what life can be like. All of us are trying to make sense of the picture of this thing called life, but none of us will make sense of it until we add that piece that makes sense, the key piece of the picture that makes the rest of the picture look like everything it's meant to be. My friends, that piece is Jesus. All around of us are people who are pursuing real life. Our answer, our testimony to them today is true life is found, just like true happiness and true liberty in one place. And that place is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me today? Just say amen if you want this to be your prayer at the end. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving Jesus to be the way and the truth and the life to me here in the 21st century. I choose to believe that true life, eternal life, is found in your son alone. Jesus, I acknowledge that you died on the cross for me. You gave your life for me so that I could experience your death but also experience your resurrection. Thank you that when I place faith in you, like it says in the book of Romans, I die with you, I'm buried with you, and I rise to newness of life with you. Jesus, I place faith in you today as Lord and Saviour. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. Let my life now be born again, reconnected to that life that comes from God alone. Thank you, Jesus. I receive your salvation as a gift today. And I thank you that I declare with confidence because I've believed in Jesus, I am saved. Amen. That's the only prayer you have to pray. Please feel free to contact us if you have any further questions. Or speak to somebody you know who's a follower of Jesus. I hope you've enjoyed this time today. Join me next week again as we continue to look at the things that we're pursuing and how the things that we're pursuing are found in God. God bless.